I have to uh, look back at Pat every now and then to make sure we're still on with the same sermon that he's putting into my head. Appreciate all the work that he does. I was watching him this morning. I, I do that sometimes. I can watch Brayson too, but um, and and it's, you know the, the word comes alive, doesn't it? It's pretty pretty impressive. It's good to see you all here this morning. We praise God for uh, each of you and your attendance. For those who are blessing us uh, here. Physically, those online, we're thankful to God that you are here. Let us go together, please, to God in a word of prayer. Magnificent, most awesome, holy, and precious God, we do praise your holy and divine name. We do thank you so very much for blessing us with this opportunity to assemble together to worship you in spirit and in truth. We ask, Lord God, that you will help us to clear our minds of worldly thought we may focus only on you, on Jesus, our Savior, who came and lived and died, that we might live, that we might be one with you through his blood. We ask, Lord God, that you will bless our worship today, praying that all things that will and have been said and done, we pray they will and have been pleasing and acceptable in your sight. These things we ask and pray and thank you for. In that wonderful, magnificent, most awesome, holy, and precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to be thy will. Amen. James chapter 1. This morning our our sermon will be, uh, it will surround itself around the word struggle. right? Because for the last 18 months, it's almost like that has been a key word, struggle. We've all been affected in, in one way or another through this struggle. And life in itself uh, has not only been a struggle, but it's tiring right now, right? Folks are tired. Folks are frustrated. And then through all this frustration and, and being tired and suffering and struggling, we find that that's kind of been the, the mark of this world, Right? The world has struggled and and suffered and been tired. But even more than that, God's people have suffered and struggled and have been tired along with the world. And yet the difference is that God's people, we're supposed to be the reflection of Jesus through all of this frustration and when we feel tired and as we go through the struggle. We're supposed to be the lighthouse, that beacon of light in the midst of the storm. God has expectations of his children. When you think about the children of Israel, and I go way back to the Exodus, and you think about the struggles they had in Egypt, that through those struggles and plagues, it was, it was like God's going to deliver us because we've been suffering, and we're his children. And then comes along these plagues, and they think, what more can we go through? Why do we have to continue to struggle? Well, James chapter 1 has something to say about our struggle. And that is, it is oftentimes through the struggle that we find the victory. It is oftentimes through the struggle that we find our own confidence and our own faith. And the Bible says in verse 2, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. 
And let endurance have its perfect result that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But in order for endurance to have its way, you've got to struggle. We have to struggle. I want to turn back to Exodus chapter 2. And when we talk about struggle and think about struggle, it's not just Christians. So never get in your head that only the Christians struggle. The world struggles. Everybody struggles because we're humans. We're flesh. We live in a world that's flesh, that's material, that's matter. God's people must believe that God, through our struggle, through good times and bad, God hears us and God knows. He knows it well. So back to the Exodus, the the suffering of Israel, prior to the Exodus, rather. Exodus 2, verse 23. Now it came about in the course of those many days that the king of Egypt died. And the sons of Israel sighed because of the bondage, and they cried out. And their cry for help because of their bondage rose up to God. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God saw the sons of Israel, and God took notice of them. Did he know? Chapter 3. Verse 7, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters, for I am aware of their sufferings. Did he know? So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians, and to bring them up from the land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. And now, behold, the cry of the sons of Israel have come to me. Furthermore, I have seen the oppression which the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, come now and I will send you to Pharaoh, so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses wanted no part of that. Right? Moses was like, God, I'm already free. I've already fled this place, and I'm not going back. Chapter 4 and verse uh, 13. Moses says to God, he said, please, Lord, now send the message by whomever thou wilt. (laughs) But God, I don't want to go. He wanted no part of the struggle that would come his way. But it was through the struggle that made the Moses, the Moses, the man that we know, the man that we identify with, it was through the struggle that we got to know Moses and we got to know God. In chapter 4 and verse 29, the Bible says, And then Moses... And Aaron went and assembled all the elders of the sons of Israel. And Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord has spoken to Moses. He then performed the signs in the sight of the people. So the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about the sons of Israel. 
and that he had seen their afflictions. Then they bowed low in worship. And maybe there's something in that verse. Maybe verse 31, when the people realized that God was concerned. I I don't know if people still believe that God is concerned. Does God care about COVID? Does God care about our regular illnesses outside of COVID? Is God concerned? Does God know? Does God care? Sometimes our actions as a church body display what we really think about God. It's amazing what's happened through COVID, right? COVID has revealed some things about us that maybe we've tried to keep hidden or maybe we've been shouting it into the streets, but it's revealed some things about the world and about the church that maybe we wouldn't have known about ourselves, but it's through the struggle that God has waking us up. Thank you, God, for the struggle. Oh, I'm not thanking God for the fact that people are, are getting sick and, and are, are dying. And I'm not talking about that. But what I'm saying is, as God is saying, it's through the struggle that we're drawing closer to God, right? Some might say, no, I've, I found myself further away from God. And I hope today is a wake-up call for us then. Belief in God did not automatically immediately in the suffering. Right? They prayed, they prayed, they groaned, they sighed, we prayed, we groaned, we sighed. It didn't make it go away, not immediately, but in God's time. And sometimes God's people have to suffer along with the world for the message of God to penetrate even our hearts. Turn to chapter 7. Here's a question to ask. Through all of this struggle, through all of the trials, what have you gotten from it? What message from God have you received? Have you even received a message from God? Are we listening? Do we believe that God hears us and that God knows our struggles? And are we holding on to God and clinging tightly or are we pushing God away Because maybe we're a little upset with them. What message have we received from God through COVID about self? That's a great question. Look at chapter 7 and verse 15. Here's the message that God, or verse 5 rather, that God wanted them to get. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the sons of Israel from their midst, that they may know. And, and you know what? It, it, it wasn't just the message for them to know, but he wanted Israel to know, to be sure and assured in their hearts and in their minds without wavering that God is God and that he's in control and that he not only knows, but he understands. He not only knows, but he's going to deliver the whole world. But in that, what we ought not do is pat ourselves on the back and say, look at what we've done. We've got to say, look at what God has done. But not just what God has done, but church, we're supposed to see what God is doing. What message have we received through COVID? 
Is it that they may know that the Lord is God? So here's what Israel had to go through to figure this out. To get it, if you will, deep in their hearts and their minds. They had to suffer. Remember the plagues? The plagues came along, uh, and, and for this point forward in, in the book of Exodus, and they suffered those four plagues. The first, the water turned the blood, and then the frogs, and then the, the gnats, right? Or, or the lice that came their way, and then the flies. And they all suffered together. Not just so that Israel would know, but so that his people would know that he is God. And it was the world who figured out, this is what's sad, It's the world who admitted, the world said, this is the hand of God. Chapter 8, look at verse uh, 19. Then the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he did not listen to them as the Lord has said. It was all about God. This was God. Do we know, chapter 9 now, do we know, do we know, I mean, I know we're here. Thank God, physically. Many are online. Thank God. But do we truly, honestly know? Do we know? Chapter 9, verse 1. In God's time, look at what he did. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and speak to him. Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let them go and continue to hold them, behold, the hand of the Lord will come with a very severe pestilence on your livestock, which are in the field, on the horses, on the donkeys, on the camels, on the herds, and on the flocks. But the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt so that nothing will die of all that belongs to the sons of Israel. That they may know that I am the Lord. What is God's, what is God's plan? You know, it's kind of interesting to me because, let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Because it, it seems like um, we're treating the pandemic as if, you know, Times have all of a sudden become difficult, right? It's, it's interesting. Um, you're sincere in your faith. I know you're sincere in your faith. And, and, and we're treating this. I want to come back to that in, in just a moment. As if, you know, the struggle has just begun. Look, when you're trying to walk down the straight and narrow road, it means there's going to be conflict. When we're walking with Jesus... There's going to be conflict. And walking down the straight and narrow road, it's never going to be easy. But we walk with God, right? And that's where we're supposed to be. And, and Jesus says, a drunk man can fall into the wide gate. It takes no effort to fall into the wide gate. Verse 13, uh, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and many are those who will enter by it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and few are those who find it. It's almost like on that road, you look ahead and you wonder, who else is on this road? It's a narrow road with difficulty. That's walking with Jesus. 
And Jesus wants us to remember, chapter 16, please, and verse 24, that everybody struggles. Everyone. Every one of us, whether you're in Christ or outside of Christ, but in Christ, we struggle with a purpose. Verse 24. Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake shall find it. Life has not all of a sudden become difficult. For many of us, life has always been challenging. Always. We're continually fighting an uphill battle. Our job's not to, not to question God in the fight, but just to keep on fighting. That's our responsibility in Christ. You're fighting for your souls. Turn to Luke chapter 9. We're fighting for our souls. It's as if Satan has this death grip on the world and he's trying to, or will, attempting to put that death grip on us. But we're fighting for our lives spiritually. We're fighting for our souls. Keep on fighting. And know that God is the Lord. In verse 62 of Luke chapter 9, Jesus said to them, No one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. If you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, the text here is teaching us you've got to walk from this day forward with the Lord. The struggle has not just begun. Turn to Hebrews, please. Chapter 10. The struggle has always been. Sometimes I think we forget when uh, we were in the world, uh, we may have forgotten that we struggled then too. <laughs> in different ways, right? It hasn't just now begun. And, and for some reason, God's people, we are running around now as if, as if everything has just now happened. The end of the world is about to happen or something. The struggle has always been here. And we've got to act accordingly. We have to act in faith accordingly. Remember the church? Remember the early church? Verse 32. But remember the former days when, after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of suffering, partly being made a public, public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations, and partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. For you showed sympathy to prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizures of your property, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. I mean, we're, we're struggling. It wouldn't be interesting if we had a conversation with the early church and said, hey, by the way, guys, we're going through this pandemic right now, and we're really, we're really struggling. And they would say, wait, wait, you're, you, you're struggling? No, no, we stood in the face of Rome. They, they were executing us. They, they were severely persecuting us. You're struggling? Brother, it's through the struggle that we learn the greatness of God. It's through the struggle that we learn that we will and we can because of God. 
through the struggle that we have to be. That light to a lost and dying world, brother. And I've said it, and I keep saying it over, and you're probably tired of me saying it, but this is our chance. It's our opportunity. Instead of dying, brother, we're flourishing. Right? That's what we're supposed to be, flourishing in Christ. This is our chance. This is our time. This is our day. This is our opportunity. God couldn't lay it out on a silver platter any better for us. Because people don't know and they're saying, does God know? Oh, yes, God knows. How is your life with God today? And you can ask people of the world questions today that you might not have been able to ask some time ago. How is your walk with Jesus today? How is your soul? Are you saved, sir? Or are you lost? You know, COVID is in the midst of us, right? You can use COVID to your advantage to make folks think about life and death and say, think about your soul. But the early church there, they used Rome. And they said, we could die at any day. But we're going to stay with the Lord. Verse 36, it goes on to say, for you've heard, or you have need, excuse me, of endurance. So that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. But you, you have to have endurance. And the struggle brings the endurance. Right? And it's the one who endures to the end that shall be saved. So, so the struggle, the persecution, the, the, the difficulties in life bring or produce the endurance. And the endurance is what we have to have to be saved. And so in order to be saved, you got to go through something. Thank you, God. Because I know that you know. And I know that you understand. In verse 37, For yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Faith. Romans chapter 5. How... Church, how is your faith today? How's your faith? How's your faith? How much strength do you have? I believe this because of the Word of God and what it says. That you are stronger than you think you are. Because of Christ. Because of Him who lives. If you would just put all your faith and confidence in Him. And in Romans 5, beginning in verse 1. Therefore we have been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful I don't have to justify myself. Verse 2. Through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exalt in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations. Knowing that tribulation, the struggle, brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. But it starts with the struggle. Right? And it goes on to say, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. 
For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. In the midst of the struggle, God died for us. Hebrews chapter 10. How's your faith? How is, how is your faith? Verse 39. But we're not of those who shrink back to destruction, are we? Are we, church? Are we? But of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul, how is your faith today? We recognize that deliverance is from God. So church, let us be the people who, who take the stand today to strive for the excellency of unity, to help each other to stay connected. How have we done in that area? How have we, how have we done in staying connected with the brethren? You know, the way the predator works, turn to First Peter chapter 5, please. The predator kind of works like this. I'm thinking of the lion. The lion watches the prey. And they make their approach, and they're really slow. I mean, you know, you see it on National Geographic, and it's sped up. You don't get to see where they begin their approach. But they begin their approach miles, about a mile away at least. And they begin their approach, and they're very slow and very methodical. And they set a trap. Right? And they weed out the strong from the weak. And they go after the weak. And somehow through, I, I don't know, I, I don't know if I, I don't have enough information, maybe you know the information, but somehow these lions can communicate at great distances because they choose the right one. They choose the only weak, the one they want, all of them together. They, they communicate and they choose one. And they say, that's the one. And they go after the weak. They set the trap. And they devour the prey. And that's exactly how Satan works. And some days, I'll have to admit that I'm the weak. And some days, maybe you'll admit that you're the weak. And the only way that we can survive against Satan is if we work together. The strong and the weak, holding each other's hand, lifting each other up in Jesus, staying connected. Listen to verse 8. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Romans chapter 7. That's what he wants. He's looking at the church and he's weeding us out and he's saying, okay, today, how's your faith, preacher? Today, how's your faith, members? Today, how's your faith, elders, deacons? How's your 
and he's weeding us out. Who's going to rescue us? Who can deliver us? What, what does Paul say in the struggle, in the conflict, in verse 24 and 25? Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? Church, there's nothing wrong with being weak. Sometimes I'm weak, but other times I'm strong. Sometimes I know that you're weak, and other times I know that you're strong. And church, here's what I know. That even in our weakness, if we put it on Jesus and give it to God, He will make us stronger than we know or think that we are. Does God know? Yeah. Does He care? Yeah, He does. Who's going to rescue us? When I was helpless, Christ died for me. Only God can save us through this struggle. So put your faith in God. How's your faith, church? Verse 25. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So that on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God. But on the other hand, with my flesh, the law of sin. Paul might have ended this by saying, it's hopeless, church. But not with Jesus. With Jesus, all things are well. Do you believe that? Go back to Joshua chapter 1. Do you believe that? That with Jesus, all things are well. Because he not only knows, he sees it, he understands, and he's rescuing us from this body of death. Thank you, God. Isn't God good? So thankful to God for, for knowing something about me that I don't even know about myself. In essence, God is saying to us over and over again through the scriptures, <laughs> I've got you covered. I've got this. You believe that? Do, do you trust that? He's saying, trust me, church. Trust me. Everything is going to be okay. You believe that? Joshua chapter 1. Don't allow the hard times of today to shatter your faith. Brethren, we've got to stay connected. We have to get connected. We're a little bit disconjointed right now, right? We all can admit that. We're a little bit disconnected. We've got to get connected. That's something that we have to do as a church, as a congregation, individually, right? Individual members contacting individual members. We've got to become proactive at that. We've got to get on that, brother. Not tomorrow, not next week, but we have to do that now. We have to get connected and stay connected. Because there are some brethren in our midst meaning as the body of Christ, who are struggling right now, who are having a weak moment right now. Connect with them. Right? It may be me. Sometimes I'm strong. And other times I'm weak. How about you? Look at verse 9. I'm going to read the wrong verse to you. <laughs> I'm going to go to Joshua. There we go. Have I not commanded you be strong 
and courageous commandment. He's talking to Joshua. You're about to go to war and risk your life. But I'm telling you something, Joshua. You're going with Jesus. You're going to be all right. You're going with God. You will be fine. It's a commandment. Be courageous. Be strong. Do not tremble. Or be dismayed. But God, don't you know? He says, yeah, I know. I know. In other words, what he's saying is, don't trust in yourselves. Because you can't win. None of us can. But with God, all things, even the impossible, are possible. Joshua, when you go to war, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Deuteronomy 31. Brethren, do you believe that? That God is with us? God has not abandoned us. Someone taught me a long time ago that God wound the world up and let it go. And then he stepped away from it and said, okay, guys, figure it out. That's not God. Deuteronomy 31 in verse 6, the Bible says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. That's in the New Testament as well. Philippians and Hebrews. God is with us. Then Moses called to Joshua and said to him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and courageous, for you shall go with his people into the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall give it to them as an inheritance. And the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Remember, these are the same people, the Nephilim, the Anakim, that you're going up against. But God is with you. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. God is with us. Be strong. But then it also says that God cares for us. Casting all of your cares. All of your anxiety. Everything that's on your heart and your mind. Give it to Jesus. How are we doing with that church? Psalm chapter 56. How are we doing with casting all of our cares and our anxiety and our struggles and and this whole struggle we're in right now how are we doing with giving it to jesus psalm 56 in verse 3 when i am afraid i will put my trust in thee how are we with doing that how are we with that just giving it to jesus I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go in just a moment. I want to go to Second, Second Corinthians chapter 12, please. How are we doing with giving it to Jesus? The struggle, the difficulty, the hard times, the suffering, the mourning, the weeping. How are we doing with giving that to Jesus? The answer is that we win. I want to say that for the rest of my life. And I pray God on my dying bed, I'll say, we win. We win. And I hope to be able to say what what Paul said, I've won. 
we win. And you know why we win? Because of God and His grace. Verse 9, and we close. And he said to me, after I begged him, God, take away this pandemic. God, take away my struggle. God, take away my suffering. God, just take it away. Speaking of his thorn in the flesh, my grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Church, how's your faith? This morning, if you're not a child of God, you are not a Christian, we invite you to surrender to Christ today. Today, surrender to Him in the waters of baptism, believing His Word and being willing to repent, have godly sorrow, confessing His name before men, being baptized, immersed in water for the remission of your sins. If you're a child of God and you're struggling in your faith, sometimes we're all weak, brethren. If you need prayers, we'll pray with you, pray for you. All of us will pray with you and pray for you. Let's do this together as God's people. Let's stay connected. God bless you. Thank you for your time. Please come while together we stand and sing our song of invitation.